the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 94-year-old man has been mentoring me for over 20 years. Everybody ought to have a general in their life. Somebody with more stripes. Somebody with more scars. Somebody that knows God, that knows the Word, doesn't just give you their opinions, but, but opens the Bible and says, this is what God showed me. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Let me say I'm grateful to be here, and it uh, it took the church moving into intensive care before the pastor would have me. So uh, I will take that. But uh, it is a joy uh, to be here again. It's been a couple of years at least, and uh, I'm glad to be part of this series. Let it uh, be sufficient to simply say, I dearly love your pastor and his family. We have been friends more years than I can remember. I do know that we had both had dark hair when we started hanging out together. <clears throat> so that was a long time ago. Hope you'll join us at six o'clock tonight at Calvary Clearwater. Incredible music um, with Charles Billingsley and I will bring um, probably one of the greatest evangelistic messages God's ever given me. And I'm on a tour uh, in 21 different locations this year. And so this is our third stop. So I hope you'll uh, join us, make it worth your time. Have your Bibles with you and you want to follow along. I'm in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm going to begin reading at verse number 7. I'm going to assume that the passage is pretty familiar, but I pray that God will help me to give some insight that could be helpful to all of us. You know, the Bible says, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Tribulation is a word that really just means to be rubbed hard and maybe even sometimes wrong on both sides. One thing I've noticed about the teaching in the scripture, whether it's by one of the apostles or it's by our dear Lord, he hardly ever identifies the issue a person's dealing with. He just gives you the principles how to have victory in it. You may say, wonder why he wouldn't just come right out and call the issue out. Because he knew that what we would do is compare our issues with their issues instead of applying his principles regardless of the issue. Bottom line is Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, He is the truth regardless of what you may be up against. He's the way and he's the life in every situation we deal with. So in this text, Paul's going to identify something, 
And I'm going to use my sanctified imagination and my research to tell you what I think he's dealing with. But the bottom line is nobody knows. Uh, I'm a really upbeat, full of energy. Um, in fact, I'm even shocked at how much energy it seems like God has given me for international and national travel for literally for the last 30 years. But about 10 years ago, uh, all I could say, and it was a long time before I could say it to my wife, something inside of me died. And uh, I just really went into a point at that time to see a medical doctor and for the first time in my life to see a good psychologist. And it ended up that I didn't do anything for the next 16 weeks other than entertain if I needed to take a couple of years and just change direction in my life, stay in ministry, but walk away from a church that I'd served um, now 33 years and maybe just um, concentrate on that passion or whatever it is inside of me that died. But through that time of just being away and entertaining all sorts of thoughts, looked at retirement, I thought here we've been faithful stewards. Uh, how long can we make it without doing anything? Uh, but the bottom line is something really happened. Went into a real state of distraught, discouragement, and depression. Uh, I don't ever try to play the doctor in this and tell someone what to do. And someone says, what did you do that time? First of all, I never lost hope. By the grace of God, I would get up every morning, and I found that I get up even earlier. I'm kind of a 5.30 rise, but when you're really desperate, you wake up, and you're, you want to remain hopeful. So I'd get up around 4.30, and I would get into the Word. I, I just felt like every morning, tomorrow is going to be the breakthrough. Tomorrow, God is going to give me a Word. And then I read extensively. Uh, just different books I thought would speak into my life. And then I've always been in exercise, so I'd go for a long walk, five, six, seven miles, praying in everything I'd read. Uh, one thing I found out is my medical doctor taught me that you need to exercise, that exercise has a way of warding off depression. And so I've always been kind of uh, active in that area. And then listen to this. I read the Psalms every day. I have for years, just go through one at a time every day until I work my way through 150 and start over again. Somebody says, why the Psalms? He stayed in trouble. I mean, he was constantly, and, and a lot of what he wrote, he wrote after the fact of, here's what I went through, but here's how I turned out. Uh, boy, read Psalm chapter 3. There's a song been written about it. But he basically, when he goes to bed, his attitude is, the whole world's against me. Uh, somebody's going to kill me. And he wakes up the next morning. He says, I don't care if they're 10,000 after me. He had victory the next morning. It's referred to as a morning devotion. And so God really used that. And then so just pressing in and remaining faithful. And I'm going to show you that in a biblical text. So just wanted to give you that, and after that time, uh, God began to bring me out. My wife will join us for the next service. <clears throat> if you've ever studied motivational gifts, mine's exhortation, hers is prophecy, which means cut to the chase, kind of like a judge. 
right and wrong. <laughs> Man, she, bless her heart. But anyway, and uh, so she, she would just tell me some mornings. I'd say, she, how are you feeling? I said, yeah, I had a, had a good morning, but boy, this afternoon's been rough. She'd say, good. That's good. She'd say, yeah, whatever God's doing in your life, he don't want you to ever forget it. And plus, God began to use it to help a lot of other people. So anyway, having said that, look with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. And lest, and, and by the way, I've, it's amazing how often I teach this. The word lest, any time it's found in the Bible, Old Testament or New Testament, always, it's a warning, without exception. So here it is, he's giving a warning. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. And so you could speculate, I've got a medical doctor, an optometrist, and he just says, I know it was his eyes. No, he don't know that. You can't prove it just because he said I write with large print. But we, we think we know what it is. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. It's been said that nothing can touch my life save it be filtered through the grace of God. But I want you to know something. God can allow things in our life that ultimately, if we respond biblically and spiritually, it works for our good. And so he says, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest, there it is again, warning, I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I plead with the Lord three times, that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmity that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmity, in reproaches, in needs, in persecution, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Father, in Jesus' name, give us ears to hear what the Spirit of God would say and give me clarity in teaching your truth. For Jesus' sake, amen. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. I entitled this message, listen to this, The Ministry of the Thorn. But when I was doing my research, I got to thinking, there's really three things that God uses to really maybe take us through difficult times to teach us truth. Listen to this. He uses storms. A friend of mine died this past year. And here's what Bill Stafford said. You're either in a storm, headed for one, or just came out of one. 
And if you've never been in a storm, hold on. So God uses storms. And I'm going to tell you what he teaches you in storms. Number two, he uses thorns. Number three, he uses cups. Remember when the Zebedee boys got together and said, hey, Jesus, and his mama made the request too. Can we put one of our boys on your right hand and the other on the left? And remember what Jesus said to the Zebedee family? Are you able to drink of the cup that I drink? What was the cup? It was Calvary. What was the cup? Listen carefully. It was the wrath of God being absorbed by God's son, the Lord Jesus. Cups teach us about the wrath of God. Storms teach us about the worship of God. Remember when they were in the storm? Jesus said, get in the boat. We're going to the other side. The storm came. Where was Jesus? He was asleep. By the way, you can, this is good. You can go to sleep when you're in charge. Had he been a Baptist preacher, he wouldn't have been in the stern asleep. He'd have been on the bow saying, I'm in charge. But when you're God. By the way, they were fearful in the storm. When a crisis comes, it can normally lead to fear because we don't understand it. But when Jesus spoke, and, and really the Greek word says that the storm was rising all around them. The wind was boisterous. And Jesus said these words, hush. And then the Bible says, and they fell down and worshiped him. Sometimes God may put you in a storm that fills you with fear. But if you res- respond properly, it'll lead to worship. Uh, and then he uses thorns to teach us about the ways of God. So, so God may allow something to come into your life. This, wait a minute, I'm going to go step further. God may send something into your life. We live in a day where there's so much teaching that is so unbiblical. So I'm going to lift this out of the text exegetically, not eisegetically, reading in, but lifting out so we can see what God says about these things. The Lord knows how to balance our lives. If we have only blessings, we may become proud. So he permits us to have burdens as well. Listen to Job chapter 2 and verse 10. Shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not, same word, accept adversity? We sing about it, but we get it right in our singing, but we miss it in the practice of our own personal worship. So Paul's experience in heaven could have ruined his ministry on earth. That's a good statement. Paul's experience in heaven could have ruined his ministry on earth. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that God gave him some type of experience in heaven. It was so overwhelming that he didn't even speak of it for 14 years. How do you want to respond to that, Pastor Johnny? God could have never used me. I can't keep a secret for 14 years. I'd have to tell somebody if somebody had said to me, hey, good to see you at church today. Where have you been? Heaven. <laughs> 14 years he kept it to himself. So God, in his goodness, permitted Satan to buffet Paul in order to keep him from becoming proud. 
Listen to verses 3 and three through 5 in 2 Corinthians 12. And I know such a man, whether in body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows how he was caught up in the paradise, heard inexpressible words, which is not lawful for a man to utter of such a one I will boast, yet I myself will not boast except in my infirmities. So I wrote some one-liners. Listen to these. Our greatest triumphs are often followed by difficulty. The preacher of 120 years of righteousness, Noah, his worst day came after the flood subsided. Uh, Elijah went to the mountain and called down the fire of God. (laughs) The next day he ran in the desert from a woman and said, I wish I were dead. Do me a favor, take me out. Number two, Christianity does not exempt one from pain. When somebody says the only reason you're suffering, you don't have enough faith, it's heresy, that is heresy. Epaphroditus, the Bible says, ministered to the apostle Paul and that he was next door to death. Well, why didn't Paul just say, in the name of Jesus, no suffering? There's some things we don't understand, but Christianity does not exempt one from pain. I went through a bout with cancer 10 years ago. My wife really struggled. I'll say it this service, so I won't embarrass her. She's strong. I'm telling you, my wife is strong, bold. Scares me sometimes she's so bold. But when the doctor announced my diagnosis, she fell out of the chair. On the way home, she was quiet. That's not like her. And I said, honey, you're struggling with this, aren't you? And she said, you're not. And I'm not trying to act real, real spiritual. But I'm telling you, God helped me that day. And I just said this. Janet, it's better that I have cancer than somebody that's lost, that if they lose this battle, they go to hell. I said this, I'm so saved, it's pitiful. Are y'all all right? I'm serious. And God helped me through it. I mean, he really did, and I praise him for it. But the bottom line is, I'm telling you, you either have victory or you don't. And my wife began to reason. Here's what she said. She said, I don't know of anybody that gives more of their money. I don't know of anybody that travels so much to nations at your own expense. And it just doesn't seem like it should happen to you. Now we get into this thing that really, God really does it. Cause it to rain on the just and the unjust. Come on. When you say, God bless me, we got the rain and we got a good crop, that pagan that lives next door got the same rain. Number three, Christianity, even the blows of Satan can be for our good. Listen to this. Jesus is going to allow Satan to be the delivery boy of the thorn that's going to buffet his chief servant. Let me tell you what we deal with. I'll tell you, so-and-so told me something today, and it may be true, but I don't want to hear it from them. You don't get to decide who delivers the thorn. Yes, okay. 
I'm not going to take it from them. They ain't earned a right to tell me. You think the devil's earned a right to buffet the apostle Paul? Just some thoughts. And by the way, here's another word. No is a valid answer from God to our prayers. Matter of fact, God really has three answers in particular when you pray. Yes, no, and you must be kidding. (laughs) Paul, greatest missionary statesman that lived, gave us over half of the New Testament, 13 epistles. And he said, God, I ask you, please remove this thorn. And God answered, my grace is sufficient. And then what did Paul find out when he bought into the truth of God and embraced God's truth? He said, I tell you, God's brought me to the point that I am actually rejoicing and having revival and have moved into a spirit of personal worship because of my adversity. Wow. Here's another statement. When God permits pain and problems, he provides sufficient grace. God sometimes does not create the absence of a storm, but he does something even better. He gives you his presence in the storm. And and here's another, only when we confess our weakness can God demonstrate his power. Now, let's dive in. That was all introduction. So let me see what I can do in about 15 minutes. Number one, let's talk about Paul's thorn. And and I wrote so much, and I apologize. I sent Paul all the notes, but I didn't send him the uh, PowerPoint. So I'm going to make sure he has this. And if somebody wants all of our wrote, because there's no way I'm going to be able to cover it all. But honest before God, I'm not only preaching biblically, I am preaching experientially. I went through some stuff and God helped me. So Paul's thorn, first of all, deals with the subject of pride. I'm sending this your way so you won't be exalted above measure. The word exalted is only used two times in the entire Bible. It translates over exalted. It's used here and it's used in 2 Thessalonians 2.4. Let me give you the other place it's used. Let no one deceive you by any means for the day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes, he's talking about the devil, and exalts himself. Matter of fact, Lucifer, which we believe, historians and theologians of the Bible believe that God sovereignly and supernaturally somehow made him an, a, a person of music. That, that is, from his very body, he emanated music for God. But then if you read Isaiah chapter 14, he six times, he wanted the glory that belonged only to God. And he said, I will exalt myself six times. And God kicked him out of heaven. And Lucifer became Satan, the accuser of the brethren. So the word is referring to inflating of an ego. I did a men's conference in Valdosta yesterday. A few years back, I've been doing a men's conference for 28 years. And just FYI, I don't know why I've been telling you this, but I was recognized at a convention this year. I have the largest local church men's conference in the United States. I mean, uh, just, I mean, listen to me. 
Tens of thousands attend or watch it on simulcast across America and around the world. So, so why'd you say that? Because I've written so much in this area about demolishing strongholds, unspoken, what men won't talk about and why. Try to write a decent book every year. But here's what I thought. I thought, God, show me what are men's primary struggles. So I wrote about the trilogy of man's struggles. Here, here they are. Number one, pride as it pertains to ego. God, the devil will ruin you through pride. The devil was ruined through pride. Lucifer, he was a worshiper of God. Uh, money as it pertains to greed. I pray in the name of Jesus, your greed will be turned to generosity. Um, sex as it pertains to lust. But he moved from pride to pain. He said, I gave a thorn in the flesh was given to you. It denotes a pointed stake, a splinter, an excruciating pain. Why? To keep Paul from being overly hyper-exalted because of the abundance of the revelation in order that the Lord could achieve the greater usefulness. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.